Merry Flixmas to us. Welcome back to our very last episode for 2018 of Christmas and Chill. I'm Katrina. I'm Algis. And today we'll be covering A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding. It is a fun movie. Well, it is a movie about the original Christmas Prince, a sequel. So Katrina, do we know why we watched this movie? We watched it because to this point, sequels have never let us down. Yeah, they've always been top notch. Think about Too Fast, Too Furious. Think about, you know, like you could give examples all day. Forrest Gump 2. Judgment Day 2. Any of those are great. Now, before we uh, launch into the discussion, uh, we have a new segment here called Office of Corrections. Yes, uh, we received notice from friend of the podcast, Suzanne, who you know and love so well from Suzanne Explains It All. She wanted to clear something up about a deer discussion we had in Princess Switch, which we've talked about deer a lot this season. But this one is especially important because of the reindeer cake or the deer cake, where we were concerned that there were two male deer on the cake, which is not a concern for us. But given that it was a heterosexual wedding, it was a little unusual. Nonetheless, apparently... Reindeer all have antlers. Yes, male, male and female. Female. They're the only deer species that has antlers across all sexes. So us being Midwesterners, only being familiar with regular deer. I'm only familiar with the whitetails, you yeah. know? So we do not know that there is species variation with antler growing. Fun fact about deer, it's not just deer, it's reindeer. Yeah. That we have to be thinking of. Think of all of Santa's reindeer. They could be male, they could be female. So Which I appreciate that. That actually kind of changes things for me. And in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, when Rudolph's dad is like, this is man's work. Not necessarily true, bro. Probably why Clarice has antlers, too. All right, the synopsis of A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding. Amber and Richard are set to marry at Christmas and become king and queen of Aldovia. Richard is having difficulty with being a figurehead in Aldovia in a time of hardship for the country. He is under fire for lost jobs and economic strife caused by a policy his father put in place. Amber is frustrated as her wedding is being swept away from her by wedding designer Sahil and Mrs. Averill. She's also being forced to take down her blog. Amber uncovers a misdirection of funds in Aldovia with the help of her journalist friends and Princess Emily. The pressures of the economic strife and the wedding are wearing on Richard and Amber, and in the days before the wedding, Amber goes missing. Richard and Amber reconcile and save Aldovia and have the wedding of their dreams on their own terms. She tosses the bouquet and the queen catches it. The end. I believe that is the shortest. I would say a lot happens, but also nothing happens in this movie. Yeah. All at the same time. Definitely. And we'll go into all those things why. And one of the fans of the podcast, before we started recording this, anticipated that we would do this particular movie. And she sent in some feedback as she was watching it. And so the segment is going to be called Jots Jots by Janny. And it's going to be littered throughout the episode. So there'll be little post-it notes that will be inserted throughout the episode with other opinions so she will be here in spirit and through the notes thank you very much for your contribution and i would also like to say as this is our last episode this has been a blast thank you all for hanging around and listening this has been a fun little project for us and we look forward to keeping it going next year as long as netflix keeps on churning these things oh i'm they're not showing any sign of stopping friend of the podcast john sent us an article relating to this that netflix is a powerhouse of christmas these days (laughs) no doubt so let's go ahead and dive into the discussion okay So we open on some PowerPoint graphics, definitely of New York, though. The first scenes are confirmed Central Park. Yeah, the budget is also confirmed for the movie that it's pretty much nothing. 
right. Let's I mean, find my cousin who knows a little bit about graphic design mm-hmm. to the opening credits. Let's find some fanfic writers who can string together a semi-cohesive plot. I do wonder if it was the same writer. I should have looked that up. Well, we don't do much research on this show. No, I think that's part of the fun of it, is the mystery. So Amber is now famous, but she still has her blog. What I think is really funny about all of this is it's a direct call into Meghan Markle and Prince Harry because Meghan Markle had a blog, and it was like... Well, I don't think there, it's any coincidence that it's called the Royal Wedding. Right, They're I know. definitely getting They're pulling people... at our heartstrings with all the Royal Weddings we've had in the last... It's basically a clickbait title. Well, I clicked. Yeah. So anybody who liked A Christmas Prince, they'll watch the movie. Anybody who watched The Royal Wedding in real life in England, they'll also be curious and it'll draw people in. The biggest change in this movie is we've got a new dad. It is 100% not Rudy from the last movie. Yeah, the character is completely different. The old dad in A Christmas Prince was a teddy bear-like figure. He was like kind of a tough guy, but like not really. Yeah, you could tell he's kind of from New York, but... But he could also blend in a little bit. This guy is just This guy's total, basically a mobster. Total stereotype of a mobster. Hey. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, he, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he says that more than once. In the you movie. want a coney dog? And we'll get to that when I have that direct line recorded because it's too good to miss. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is he says, I feel like a brand new person. You are an entirely different person. So yes, you are a brand new person. Uh, I was frustrated by it because I really liked the dad in the last movie. Yeah, he always, And then to old- see this like New York Italian stereotype thrown out there. The old dad had a bunch of sagely advice. This new dad has none. He has nothing to give except for just personality. He's just like an embarrassing dad and I preferred when he was kind of more low-key. She's talked about as being the queen to be. I was confused at this point because I thought queen could be bloodline only. Yeah, we learned something about monarchy. So earlier we said that we don't do any research before the show. But this one I had to know because I knew somebody would get upset with me. Because (laughs) they're already assuming that Amber is going to be the queen and I'm like, wait, if you're married into a monarchy, are you always going to be the title of queen or king. Well, we did a little bit of research. Yeah, I thought she would be a duchess forever. If you are married to a king, you become a queen. That is correct. That is automatic. However, if you're a queen and you're in the bloodline and you marry, then your husband is the prince. That's what was throwing me off, I think. Yes. The whole Prince Philip All you people out there who are activists for men's rights, this is your time to be upset. This is your time to shine. Today's your day. So they arrive at the airport and they get the cab stolen, much like the Sasquatch man. But instead, this time, it is an Indian gentleman who is very sassy. The same trope. But usually when this trope is played out in movies of some jerk face in a car, they end up being the good guy. Here, the jerk face continues being the jerk face throughout the movie. He's got a little bit of a soft interior, but for the most part, he continues being a jerk. But it doesn't matter because the royal limos are there to pick them up from the airport. And by them, I mean Amber and her dad, Rudy. As they're riding into Aldovia, he's like, beats the Cross Bronx Expressway, which is just another like... In case you weren't sure where this guy was from. So if you ever played the game Grand Theft Auto and characters just randomly say things that have to do with their character, that's what this character feels like. <laughs> it's just randomly saying quotes that are just stereotypical of what who he is as a person and just blurts them out throughout the movie. Yeah, I wrote down that he's like so over the top. They made a point to say that like he shaved his goatee to make it more... To try to explain away to explain it why all the, the old actor refused to do 
such a bad rendition. <laughs> maybe he didn't refuse. Maybe there was some kind of like union thing. Maybe he was sick. Maybe. Maybe the budget was too small to hire him back. It Was he the star? <laughs> they had to find a volunteer. <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to throw too much shade at this guy because, I mean, he does the job that he was assigned to do. But they totally rewrote him. I think that's Maybe the that's the issue is <laughs> that they looked at the script and they're like, oh, Teddy Bear Dad's not going to do it. We need somebody who's basically We need somebody who's going to act wrong. Pretty much. And there's a part where we'll talk about the cake boss coming up in here. They get to Aldovia. Her dad embarrassingly picks up the queen and like ruffles Princess Emily's hair, which she doesn't care about. But the queen is very, I wouldn't want to be picked up. You see this budding of two cultures, the monarchists versus the, hey, I'm from New York. We just do what I feel like. Which I didn't know New Yorkers were big huggers. I thought they were kind of like non-touchy. I think they just wanted to show contrast. Yeah. And they're like, just show somebody who's the opposite of Aldovian monarchy. Yeah. And that's the dad. So Amber gets moved into her bridal suite, which is just a really big room. Your sweet, sweet. It's not like that. Amber says, my sweet, sweet. Oh, well, so I have no quote attribution in my notes. I just... <laughs> thought that was... You assumed it was the dad because it was stupid. Yep. Richard sneaks up on her. He's written her this stupid poem that she hates, which I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was okay. Immediately, he's called away on state business right before they're about to kiss. That's the theme of the movie is that he's always away on state business. Which we'll get into more depth on that. They're supposed to have this welcome party, welcoming Amber back to Aldovia to prepare for the wedding. And Richard swept away immediately, of course. So Richard swept away to talk about the state business. We're not sure yet what the state business is. And then they meet the wedding designer, Sahil. He is so over the top. He's wearing like gilded clothing. It feels to me like Princess Diary, if you've ever seen that movie. It seems like a character that would be in that. They slam Meat Jelly again. Meat Jelly makes a comeback. Something that is interesting during this ball is that they're planning the wedding during the ball. Not like they don't have time some other time. Yeah, right? they're mixing up two things. A social hour with dignitaries and wedding planning at the same time. So why don't you set aside time for wedding planning and make it separate from a ball? They're like, welcome, let's immediately start planning your wedding during your party. It just doesn't seem like a good use of time. No. And it's like, what is anybody writing any of this down? Is anyone getting these notes? Or she's really just meeting Sahil. Yeah, and during the ball, she's getting coached on her image and it seems like she would have had all year to be coached on the procedures. Right, because she's been being, she'll have been groomed for an entire year. But no, the week before Christmas, this monarchy likes to procrastinate. Like, oh man, we haven't taught this person anything about being a queen, haven't coached all year, and now at the last moment, we need to 180 this thing. And in the opening montage, they implied that she had been back and forth to America and Aldovia, which why did she need to go back to America other than to see family? Yeah, it feels funny. I don't know. But anyway, Mrs. Avril has been promoted to head of press and public affairs, not just ruler of the house. And she is encouraging Amber out the gate to cancel that blog because that is not proper. Not just encouraging. She's outright saying, you can't do that. And Amber's like, but it's my job. First of all, you're about to get into this kingdom. So like, do you need a job still? This is the classic Meghan Markle debate. This is like an article out of People magazine. Well, they could have had a meeting ahead of time of roles and responsibilities. Like a, a one sheet of like, <laughs> now you're engaged to a king. So you don't have to <laughs> worry about money no This is what to no expect. Yeah. One. <laughs> 
Your career is down the toilet. Find something new. You're a queen now. None of that stuff was given to up front. And now at the last minute, she's finally discovering it. Yeah. They didn't say like pick a charity that you want to care about or like anything. Yeah. There's no coaching. Yeah. It's just. There really should be. I wouldn't expect any more from a small country's monarchy. Like they might not have the resources to have that type of. Well, yeah. They promoted from within on somebody who's not overly qualified other than being a royalist. Yeah. The talent pool might be pretty small. Well, I mean, they brought in Sahil from some else. True. Should we just jump to the Sahil wedding consultation the next morning with his whole crew? Uh, yeah, where the monarchists are defending an ugly dress. Yes. And they said they're going to have a roast boar from each of the, now we have an answer, seven provinces of Aldovia. Right, it's so, not two counties as so I previously it's, it's suspected. it's big enough to have seven provinces. I mean, you could split a county into seven. <laughs> Yeah, I guess province is all about how you define it. It could be like seven towns of 50. Could be three square miles. When the monarchists are trying to choose the ugly dress and, and persuade Amber that this is the right dress for right. her, like it's clearly not a traditional dress. It's not in any way royal. They said it was what uh, Queen Helena wore on her wedding day or something inspired by it, but I have trouble imagining that somebody who got married in like the 80s would have worn that. Would have worn like a late 90s high fashion. Yeah, it felt like like runway fashion. Yeah, it definitely didn't feel right. So my theory was that they're just trying to embarrass Amber or get her to quit being queen. I think... Ooh, I didn't even think about that. I think that they're just, just trying to like shame her off the throne. Yeah, just shame her off the throne. Wow. That's what I think that they might be doing. So it's not about that this is the perfect dress that represents the royal family. This is the perfect dress that will dissuade Amber from continuing. Mm, I didn't see it that way, but it, you very well could be right. Next, Richard is making a speech outside of what originally appears because of the wide shot to be a huge building in Aldovia. But when they zoom in again, it just looks like a little library or something. Camera <laughs> angles are great. Good job, camera people. I know, they did a really great job. So at first it looks huge and then they zoom out and it looks like just a little city building. And Simon is out there, the person who almost overthrew the throne in the last movie. Yes, so there's two separate crowds here. There are the people who are for everything that's going on in Aldovia and they're in the front. They're kind of like propaganda people. And there are people showing discontent, the workers. They're the protesters. The 99%. The 99% are back behind. So we have a job by Janie. She thought it was funny how they blame the king, but not the prime minister for the lack of jobs. They're standing there booing him from the crowd as if he had anything to do with it. But why aren't they mad at the person who actually rules the country and isn't just a figurehead? And she said, is this an homage to Occupy Wall Street? Looking at the wrong crowd here. Possibly. It's totally possible. Who knew? I, there, I think Occupy Wall Street is one of many string of events throughout the course of history where the majority of people are being screwed by people at the top. So Simon is out there like as a protester behind all the scabs. He's like an Illich Lenin out there <laughs> screaming at yeah. the monarchy. Blending among the crowd. <laughs> it's great. Creating discontent. And then so they... Richard finishes a speech to a lot of booze. He steps off the stage and... Is frustrated. He said, I hate having to give that propaganda speech. And Amber said, well, if the numbers don't add up, it's for a reason. She'll, she can't figure out. And she is a journalist of sorts, right? Or she has been. I think she always wanted to be like a real, real journalist, but she got shoved at the whatever beat now desk. Maybe, but the quote, when the numbers don't add up, there's always a reason. I seem kind of cheesy at the time. 
No, you know what? I had a professor in grad school who insisted all he ever said was like, get behind the numbers. And I was always like, but what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) That just basically means understand everything. Understand where everything comes from. Right. Have your footnotes. Uh, This is kind of foreshadowing that there really aren't any accountants in Aldovia. Right. That very fishy over the numbers. It doesn't even seem to be like a finance committee. Yeah. Except there's some lord that they'll bring forth here in a few scenes and we'll talk about him. But it's a very thin web of accountability, which is not healthy. On to the chef encounter. So Rudy decides he misses being in the kitchen in New York. And he hates the meat jello. He hates the meat jello. He wants to make some sliders. So he goes into the kitchen and meets the (laughs) Russian chef. So she is the chef of the kitchen. She seems to be running a pretty tight ship up in there. And he walks in and he's like, hey, you know, I was I was a chef too. And she's like, you do dishes. Yeah. He was like, how can I help? He's like, you start on dish. I might have done the same thing, you know. Don't get too big for your britches. Richard is under a ton of stress. They make mm-hmm. it very apparent at every turn that Richard is just crumbling under the pressure of all these angry and people. Every, and his whole family is telling him, it's not your fault. And they're like, oh, but your dad put this plan in place. Surely it's fine. And it's yeah. like, it's clearly not fine. Like, people are rioting in the streets. Like, yeah. it's getting ugly. The only experts he has around him are his family. And his mom is, like, totally clueless. Yeah, I, I feel like he should have a whole cabinet of people who should offer him advice instead. Right. It's just a couple of people giving him opinions. And again, why is he so involved? Janie's right. Like, why is the prime minister not the accountable party here? Or perhaps, like, a parliament finance committee? Or <laughs> or is the role of parliament... Again, we don't have access to a copy of the Constitution <laughs> of Aldovia, so we don't know how this runs. So maybe the only purpose of parliament and prime minister is to elect the king or to confirm maybe that is the sole purpose of that governing body so it could be an absolute monarchy with the fact that parliament just approves who he is so this all becomes apparent when they're sitting around reading uh christmas cards from the people they just have a random selection and they're having a nice little family gathering richard's playing the piano some christmas carols it's all warm and fuzzy and then there's a knock at the door we have a visitor it's simon they do a zoom on his face on Amber's face and on Richard's face and it's all just like and after he comes in and there's obviously some tension then he's like fine I'll leave and then there's that obvious no wait but yeah he does this pathetic like Charlie Brown turn around walk out like with his shoulders slumped and then they're like wait we're cousins and it's Christmas so it's it's family and it's Christmas yeah there's another horrendous Sahil scene with a dress fitting I don't know if there's anything else to say about it oh we just glazed over that he left so that's a big turning point now Simon is officially in the royal family. Yeah, he's back in the fold. Yeah, they invited him back in. Even though they're not going to give him any, like, responsibility, he's just allowed to show up at family gatherings. Yes, good for him. And now he can be part of the action. Yeah, he can hang around and be himself as he is. Next, we have another horrendous Sahil scene. Not much to say about that. A dress fitting. Amber's still upset because nothing's going her way and it's her wedding. Another jots by Janny for the next scene. So we open on... Oh, no. Uh, there is a quote that I have. Okay. Uh, so Amber is talking to her dad, uh, commiserating about how difficult everything is. The dad's like, it's your wedding day. Somebody need to straighten out. Uh, it's like total mobster. That's like the third time he says, somebody I need to straighten out. Like uh, <laughs> <laughs> Another embarrassing quote. Uh, so in the next scene, we open on Rudy making up some food in the kitchen just for Amber. The chef is nowhere to be seen, so he's allowed to play in the kitchen. He's like, 
Coney Island Bloodhound, just for you. And it is awful. And uh, we have a Jots by Janny on this. I love how they randomly have extra long hot dogs for her dad to cook in Europe. <laughs> and it's true. It's like not a normal size hot dog. It's not quite a foot long, but it's a really big hot dog. Well, they could have like a sausage maker on they site. They could, it's yeah. It's a fancy kitchen. They might be making their own sausage. It's very possible. Or, yeah, maybe they made him a custom dog. So yeah. he could have his Coney Island blood ounce. Yeah. Maybe he made his own sausages. <laughs> He doesn't strike me as that advanced. He strikes me as like a boil it out of the package kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, like I got this in the freezer aisle. Let me cook it at my deli. I got this at Restaurant Depot and it's the way it is. And I said, my comment was that the, the dad is just such a face rub. Like everything he does, you're kind of like rubbing your temples. Like, why is this happening? And they talk about how they're sad without Amber's mom and how they're thinking of her with the wedding coming up, which is nice. Next, we have Emily and Amber having a conference in Emily's room. To those who forgot, Emily is the... Princess Emily. Princess Emily. She is the one in the wheelchair who... Uh, or embraces. She does either. Or, or she's, in, she's in braces. She's walking sometimes during this movie. But she's... Uh, Amber's friend. But she's now wearing sneakers. Yeah, she's wearing like the shoes that Amber wears, which I think is really cute. They're like Converse-ish. And she's got a love interest. She does. So Emily is going to be in her class play, which answers our question about where she goes to school and whether or not she has friends. So she's going to be in the school pageant. And they talk about the legend of Grundle. Yeah, some kind of Aldovian legend that makes no sense but essentially it ends with the boy which is tom being the knight in shining armor and she's the princess so they get to kiss they get to kiss so she's very excited slash nervous about it so richard is called away again they're supposed to be lighting the tree supposed to be getting a christmas tree but they're interrupted because they're unpaid workers about to strike there's about to be a labor strike and unfortunately the labor strike ends in emily's play getting shut down yeah. And the workers very dramatically come up and put a loose chain, a giant it. chain, and not giant as in like it would hold anybody out, like so big you could easily get the door open. Still, yeah, it's very loose. <laughs> it's the loosest chain you've ever seen. Well, it's very dramatic. It's just like they're they're practicing, and then suddenly the lights go out. Yeah, they like unplug the Christmas tree as like the last like screw you guys. Yeah, I mean, if I would have been a worker going on strike, like you do no more work, you just leave. you just walk away. Yeah. And then it's like, uh, guys. And then they all have to pay the power bill for all the lights. Yeah, or you have, like, a union representative go in and, like, serve a piece of paper saying, like, we will no longer work. But it's just like, well, power's out. Well, maybe that happened at, like, the top of the chain. Could have been an ice storm. Nope. It's a strike. It's a laborer strike. So everything's canceled. Everyone's upset. Emily's very upset because now she won't get to kiss the boy. And up next, we have Simon's cryptocurrency solution. Yeah, he's got his Bitcoin evangelization. So he's figured out a uh, perfect solution. So we have a job by Janny yeah. about this scene and it's cryptocurrency is evil Simon's solution to financial woes of course it is <laughs> <laughs> so this downturn in the economy is good for Bitcoin apparently yeah well he can probably get Bitcoin from other countries I mean Maybe. isn't it an international currency so I'm not really sure why this is tossed in I think because he knows the country's in financial trouble and he thinks he can bail it out with cryptocurrency well, and I, probably also I get rich know. too I really don't know why they put this in the movie because it didn't really help explain the character. It didn't really help explain his motivations. It just kind of felt out of place. A lot of things in this movie felt out of place. I think they just needed to show that, like, as a historical timepiece, that cryptocurrency is so hot in 2018. Yeah, maybe they just needed a timestamp of, like, this, this was movie made. was made in 2018, 18, 18, 18. <laughs> 
<laughs> Instead of putting like the date stamp on the bottom, they're just <laughs> let's just have a mention of Bitcoin. We'll have a mention of Bitcoin. It will not be mentioned next year. And then we're all saved because Lord Leopold is here. He is the previous king's main advisor, most trusted confidant. Blah blah blah. And yeah. he's apparently the one who's going to get them out of this mess. Right here, before they even reveal about the plot twist at the end, I wrote a note that I'm suspecting that Leopold is corrupt AF. Oh, for sure. Because why does just this guy have control of this whole program that their dad set in place? Yeah. It feels very weird. And then, like, Aldovia's crumbling, and he's saying everything's fine. Like, well, we he's know saying this is good long-term. This is good long-term. Well, you can't have the country collapse in the interim, bro. That's how Brexit happens. That's not how Brexit happens. Cancel that. So Amber is sitting in this meeting, pinpointing Aldovia's problems. And she's like, we need to have a full investigation of this. And Lord Leopold's like, oh, we will starting tomorrow. Like, he's going along with it. But you know, at the same time, if he's leading that investigation, sounds like a lot of things that have been happening in the U.S. lately. Hello. (laughs) Be like, Christmas Prince 2 is a mirror. (laughs) just mirror uh, so after this amber asks a favor of mr zavala louis zavala is the attache to the queen to be and rudy and uh, we don't know what it is but put a pin in it then they go in for a sleigh ride finally to go chop that tree down they and need... this segment is way too long this is the point where katrina went to the bathroom and when i pressed pause i thought we're not even halfway through the movie when it's you're starting still... to feel like it's a chore you're in trouble and i didn't want it to Honestly, the first time I watched this, August wasn't home, and I fell asleep during it, and I thought I was just really tired. I hate to say these things about a Christmas Prince production, but it is not the same as the first. It is just not the same. But they go out, and Amber picks a tree, and it's very unique. Very unique, aka it's kind of ugly. It's really zigzaggy. I guess it shows that Amber is just not a straight, up and narrow type of person. And the people at the Royal Palace are like, cool, we'll decorate it. And then Rudy's like, no, no, I'll decorate it. I'll put some inflatable balloons on the side. And they're like, no, that's not how we do that's it. That's stupid. We'll decorate it. That's tacky. Uh, and then the current queen says, oh, let's go tobogganing. Do they go tobogganing? They go tobogganing. I think you were still in the bathroom. Oh, my God. <laughs> you just let it rip without me. Uh, oh, my gosh. So now the ball's in my court. you got to lead this co- this conversation. To move the plot forward. Yeah. Okay, so they go tobogganing. They put the cameras in front of the faces of there are two people on each toboggan and it's just a crazy like whoa going down the mountain oh and the queen's riding with mr zavala yeah there seems to be a budding romance there which i, I like that definitely she deserves love okay so, so they all go down the mountain it's kind of an homage to the first movie where tobogganing was a big deal and the queen finally gets her time to ride right which is what she always wanted the next note i have is that they have the christmas pageant because they send in some scabs yeah the scabs are now running the christmas play and in case you're not familiar with the term scab in a labor union dispute. Anyone who crosses the picket line. Yeah, or just like random people they find off the street to take the jobs of the previous laborers. So Princess Emily gets her kiss because uh, Amber asked Mr. Zavala to hire some scabs. Uh, the scabs might actually be the kids. Because the scene afterwards, the kids are running the kitchen with Rudy. Oh, I thought that was just their after party. Like, the cast after party. Well, I thought that, like, the kitchen workers also weren't working because they were striking in solidarity. I thought it was just, like, after dinner time so the workers had gone home. Oh. It could be a deeper labor discussion. I don't know. Anyway, the kids are messing up the royal kitchen. It's a royal mess. Emily gets to continue her romance off stage, which is cute. They're, like, smearing icing around. Chef Ivana comes in, and she is muy upset. Yeah, because it's her kitchen, and it's getting ruined by stupid kids who don't know how to cook. But is that why she's upset? We'll find out later. 
And Amber's still blogging. She got caught. She put up a post of Emily and her cute boy, like, smearing icing on each other. Yeah, that's controversial. That's controversial. It has to be taken down. And they tell her, your image belongs to us now. And they filter out some of the images. So there is happiness and disgruntled people all in the same scene. They also inserted a quote in here, keep calm and carry on. Nope. Uh, I was about to get to that quote. So in the next scene, they're taking the royal photo. And I would like to note that Amber's dress is almost exactly the same as Princess Kate's engagement dress. Like almost a carbon copy of the blue velvet or whatever it was. And then Richard says, you know, Amber's like, we have to do something about all this. And he's like, once we're married, we can fix it. For now, just keep calm and carry on. And I'm like, for real, y'all? Yeah, just similar to the whole dungeon thing. They just try to insert British things into the movie to make you feel British. Because we all like some Brits, don't we? We're all Britophiles. Is that the word? Anglophiles. Anglophiles. Yep. So then we get to a little scene with the chef and Rudy. Yeah, the chef opens up to her bad Christmases growing up. Well, she said she was sad and difficult growing up, and the only thing that they like about Christmas was that they got to make cookies together. So seeing all those kids happy reminded her of her childhood, but also made her sad. Nostalgic. And so they start bonding, and you wonder if there's a little spark between them, you know? Amber has on this necklace that is a locket with her mother's picture in it, which is very nice. I think she should be allowed to wear that. It's very personal. And they're like, something's wrong with the photo. And they're like, it's the necklace. And so they, they make her take it, it off. it with something that was bought at... It looks like it came from Marshall's. It's like a, just a chunky necklace from Marshall's. And they're like, these are the crown jewels. And I'm like, man, Aldovia's poor. No wonder they're having that economic crisis. Right? They can't even sell the crown jewels. They're having another royal gathering, sitting around playing the piano. So they're reading cards from distinguished people from the kingdom, as well as some citizens. And they receive one from a disgruntled citizen which Richard once read, and it turns out there's this guy who has lost his job, and he says, I hope you all get a lump of coal. Amber takes note of this because she's like, my journalistic instinct is twitching. And up next, her friends visit. Her friends come and visit, and Amber is out on the archery area with Emily, and she turns around to see her friends, and the bow is still drawn. Yep. Very unsafe. Very unsafe. She's and like then running she lets go on accident. And the friends duck, and then the arrow takes off the head of a statue. Which seems improbable. Like, how weak was that statue? And the friends are just like, oh, whatever. They brush it off. Like, that was nothing. So they go inside the palace. They go upstairs. The friends get to meet the prime minister, who happens to be at the palace. And I I love her friends. Like, I think they're some of the best parts of this movie. And the first movie. That the guy now works security at Noodle Chalet's headquarters at night. He said, I never get to meet dignitaries at Noodle Chalet to the Prime Minister, which I think is funny. So they Scooby-Doo around because they want to get that card from the craftsman. Instead of the bachelor party, they go and look through finances. Yes. Amber's like, I, instead of a bachelor party, I want to do journalistic stuff and find things. So then there's like a Scooby-Doo scene. They're walking across the hallway and you have like the tower of people peeking around the corner. You see their faces. They're sneaking around trying to find... That card. With the name of the person on it. With, yeah, they want to get inside Meet scoop. Mr. Mason. They yeah. find out. They want to get inside scoop from Mr. Mason as to what's happening out there in the field. And then they go to the town. Uh, apparently they know the pub that Mr. Mason hangs out at. Yeah, that was a big stretch. Yeah, just, I don't know how they figured all this out. Journalists, you know. Uh, then they find out from Mr. Mason that there's this company called Meadowark that's, like, ruining everything. How this stuff doesn't get filtered to anybody on the projects. 
Yeah, I don't that know. some like low level person understands the corruption and no well, way. I think his boss because his company like no longer exists, and as the company was failing, his boss was like, "This company is ruining us. This is why you right. don't have a job." Um, so in the first movie, journalists were really demonized by the royal family, and now we're starting to see that when you are bad to journalists, and maybe at this point in the movie. Journalists are no longer in existence in Aldovia. Perhaps. And because journalists aren't able to peek under the hood. Well, I think they just care about royal wedding stuff. I don't know. Like This, this ec- should have been uncovered by... Economic it. crisis. You'd think journalists would be able to cover this, and then that information would get filtered to the royal family. There's some kind of... There's some underhand dealing here. Yep. Yeah. Or maybe they're distracting. Maybe the press is in on the distraction with the royal wedding. Maybe Lord Leopold's paying them off. Ooh, it's Aldovian Fox News. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Propaganda arm. Mm-hmm. 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 Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Watch this wedding. They decide they need to hack the Hall of Records. Uh, Simon is with them, so he has all this inside information about how Adobe but works. Emily has the hacking skills. She's the hacker extraordinaire. So she sits down and beep, boop, boop, beeps on her laptop. And she's like, I can do this all night. She doesn't even ask for Red Bull. She I does. thought they gave her like a monster drink or something. Did they? Yeah. I don't know. Aldovian monster. And then my very favorite 30 seconds of this movie. Is the montage of the bachelorette party. It's so good. So awkward. So amazing. Because it starts with, I forget what her friend's name is, but he's like, bachelorette party. This is a missed opportunity by Netflix. On some movies, they have a button. Watch this scene again. Could have done it after this bachelorette party montage. I want, because we did rewind it and watch it again because I had to see it again. It was nuts. If you're not going to watch the rest of the movie, fast forward to about maybe three quarters of the way through the movie. Yep. There's about a 30 second scene of the bachelorette party montage. And it's so good because they're all sitting around wearing tiaras, doing their nails, doing some spa treatments, drinking out of goblets. And then there's a camera shot that's like three seconds too long where everyone's trying to hold it and smile. And giggle. Yeah, it's the ultimate in, like, giggle box. It opens on, like, lots of bottles of nail polish to show, like, girls just want to have fun stuff. They have a meeting with Mrs. Avril next day because it's leaked to the press that Amber and her friends were out at a bar last night in town, which they absolutely cannot be doing. Or they were like, Amber, you have to shut down your website for, like, the 89th time. Richard's dressed like a cat burglar. I don't even know what's going on here. And then later he... Sporting the same outfit as a priest. It's very weird. I just took note. He's wearing like this weird black turtleneck and black pants, and he looks like a bad cat burglar. Queen goes missing. Amber. Yeah, Amber goes missing. And then there's a crazy castle search, and again, straight out of a cartoon, just people running down the hallways. Yeah, just yelling, Amber! Like, that's gonna fix it. It's like a dog got lost or something. Yeah, but in the castle. They're like not even looking outside the castle. Now, Emily's finished hacking. She and Simon are in there, like, here it is. Glockenspiel Consortium is the parent company of these smaller companies that are taking over the Aldovian infrastructure. And it's siphoning so, so much money. Yeah. Really, all this money was supposed to be going to Aldovian companies, but Glockenspiel is, like, privately held somewhere else. And probably Lord Leopold is involved. Then Emily catches the king in the courtyard and... Tells him all this. Discloses everything. That's right. This is when he looks like a priest, because he throws on, like, this weird gray blazer over top of his cat burglar suit. And then the king's like, oh, man, I really screwed the pooch with this one. Sure did. So then he's like, I know where Amber is all of a sudden. So he dramatically runs, and he does a terrible run. It's not like a sexy movie run. Mm -hmm. His, like, arms are flailing. 
Yeah, and he he's goes out of to, control. To a horse. Yeah, a, a snowmobile would have been a better way. Would have been a little faster. Would have been a little faster, but you know he's royalty, so he needs to be on a horse. Yes, nice Belgian horse. horse. Very romantic. And Amber is in the forest house where they first uncovered the birther scandal. <laughs> yeah, that's the secret place, and. The king comes in and just apologizes. Yep, he apologizes, said I was wrong about everything. You were right. Let's change our wedding and have it be our way. So they go back to the castle. So for those who are following, we're one day before the wedding. So imagine. Is that close? Yeah. Wow. It's like, sorry that no one's been listening to you about what you wanted for your wedding tomorrow. Now, all of a sudden, it's all up to you. So everyone in the castle has to work overtime to make this happen. But they don't even go into that. I don't know. It's just hard to swallow that there's one day to put together a royal wedding. Well, maybe they left the bones the same. They just made some changes to, like, her dress and the, the food. guest size. Yeah, the food to be served. The DJ. Oh, God. Oh, we'll get there. Okay, so then... Back like, to the castle. Big dramatic reveal with Lord Leopold. Leopold is a scoundrel. He's the one stealing all the money through Glockenspiel. And then Amber points the bow and arrow at him. Yeah. Why did that happen? Yeah. Like, why couldn't they have, like, gone Couldn't they have the indicted police? him? Do they not have rule of law here? Do they not have security people whose job it is to arrest people? Yeah, like, why does Amber have to take her terrible bone Like, why couldn't skills? the king have just been like, arrest him, and then the guards would have arrested him? But no, Amber needs to, like, point a bow and arrow. She has terrible, I don't know what it's called in bow and arrow, but with guns it's called trigger discipline, where, like, you don't point a gun at somebody and you don't put the trigger when you're not ready to shoot it. Like, with bow and arrows, you don't point the thing around when you don't know what you're doing. And she never does. And she never does. But it's, like, overly dramatic. It basically, they could have been like, we know what you did. You, We will see you in court. Also, get out of here. Also, there is a dungeon. There is a dungeon, yeah. He gets thrown in the dungeon. Which couldn't they have just started there? So while this is all getting revealed on the news, I noticed that they have a Trump slam in the crawler on the news, which is kind of fun as a little Easter egg for you to look for while you're viewing. I missed that one. Oh, yeah. They have like a little slam about, um, I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was, it's funny. You should, all you listeners, you should check it out while you're looking. <laughs> in the last five minutes of the movie, <laughs> another little segment that you can also watch. So then the king gives a speech on TV and he tears up the speech says, I've been told to tell you a bunch of lies, but I'm going to tell you the truth. We caught the criminals, and we're now going to reinstate salaries for all the people who have been wronged. We're going to confiscate all that money from these bad guys. Fast forward to the royal wedding. How about the Christmas tree lighting? Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah. I didn't take notes because I was embarrassed. Well, there were a bunch of inflatable things around the Christmas tree. And fireworks coming out the top. Yeah, there's fireworks. There's carolers. No, no, there weren't carolers. They were caroling. People were singing. And it was clear that no one was very comfortable with singing in this scenario. Yep. Uh, okay, so wedding. Wedding, wedding dress. Yep. Wedding dress with tennis shoes. The wedding Which dress. We figured. Of course, if you have 24 hours to plan your wedding, that's the kind of dress you'd find. I know. It looks like he also came from Marshall's off the rack. TJ Maxx. Yeah. TJ Maxx off the rack. It doesn't. It's a mess. And of course, she has her tennis shoes because, you know, that's funny. Because she's at G. And, and I, it's in a chapel? Yeah, and Emily's a flower girl at 13. Seems a little. Emily is anywhere between the age of 8 and 13. So, I mean, kind of, she has a fluid age, I think. But her boy toy has a voice that's in the changing phase, I feel. So, like, I feel like she's about 13. Maybe she likes older men. Girls are always more mature. And they have the coordination, like, at the same time, which I do not think happens anywhere else. 
I'm not a royal expert. My my question with the wedding in the chapel is that it's very intimate, very small. You'd think for royal weddings, you'd have like dignitaries from all over the place, especially for royalty that is always in the news, has paparazzi. Maybe it's just a limitation of the budget with a movie. I think they decided not to have press coverage, it seemed. They smooched for like a really long time at the royal wedding, which is not customary for England, that's for sure. They don't even kiss in church. Yeah, so it's... Aldovian kiss. That's yep. where you really try to tickle the tonsils. The um, priest has a ponytail. It's just kind of a hodgepodge for the wedding. Then during the ceremony or during the reception, the cake topper. Looks like Buddy the Cake Boss made it. Yeah. I think Rudy was like, hey, I called my friend Buddy over in New Jersey. <laughs> he made the cake topper. He made the topper out of fondant and Rice Krispie treats, modeling chocolate. They have the first dance. It's to the Waltz of the Flowers. But they have horns in there when they clearly only have, like, a string quartet. Like, you hear the horns come in, and I'm like, well, where are the, where are the horns? Well, I've seen street musicians where they have, like, Play a Play over a track. Yeah. yeah. I guess, yeah, they definitely should have had street musicians for maybe, the Aldovian Royal Wedding. Maybe it's, like, wedding. string quartet karaoke, where they, they're just accompanied by a, a track. I, did, I would like to note that they had the first gay couple that we've seen in any of these movies between some romantic interests between Sahil and Amber's friend from New York, which I thought was really neat and welcome. So the mom, uh, the queen, the current queen, I guess she's no longer the queen. Well, or is she like the, what do they call it? Retired queen? Crown queen or something. The king's mom. King's mom. Yep. She catches the bouquet and... She looks she, in the stairs of Allah. Yeah. And she's like, mm, come here, boy toy. Which he's cute and he's a nice guy. Yeah. I hope that I, it works out. Okay. Then the embarrassing part. Okay. It's pretty much like record scratch at the party. Like, no, we're going to take the party this way. No more Waltz of the Flowers. Emily's got a DJ booth. And she's playing... Techno Conga. And Rudy jumps out in the middle of the dance floor and shouts, Conga! And then there's a big conga line that lasts (sighs) throughout the end of the movie into the final kiss. Yeah, into the courtyard. And here's my thing. Any festivity i've been to where a conga line starts that's when i'm like it's time for me to get my things and go (laughs) because that means it's just deteriorated to a point of no return well the movie thinks the same way because that's when the movie ends it's time to get your things and go and end the movie (laughs) because now there's a conga line that is interrupting the final kiss of the bride and groom in the courtyard i just i don't i know it brings a lot of people joy and i'm happy for all those people but i cannot be there for conga lines Uh, katrina yeah how many Christmas trees do you give this movie? Here's the thing. I feel like the conga line taints my final opinion because that's the last impression we have of this movie (laughs) is a conga line, which is my least favorite thing other than like the Cupid shuffle to happen at weddings. (laughs) I'm probably going to upset a lot of people here with these opinions, but we're all entitled. I was originally going to say two, but I know that's not quite fair. So I'm going to say two and a half Christmas trees. Okay. Out of five. All right. What about you, Algus? How many Santa Santa emojis do you give this? This movie gets two Santa emojis. And the reason why I don't give it one, because it is objectively a bad movie, is <laughs> that these people clearly had fun making the movie. Yeah. It was definitely one of those things where, like, maybe you do a bunch of drugs and get wasted, and you try to write a script, and everyone's laughing all the way making it. That's pretty much what this movie was. So it's like, well, at least you guys had fun making it. You didn't take yourself too seriously. So you get an extra Santa Claus emoji. So 
Two Santa Claus emojis. To me, it was like a couple of 14-year-old girls wrote it after, like, seeing the first one. They were like, here's what should happen for their wedding. (laughs) And then, and then, and then. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then. Okay, things that would have made it better for me, because I... I wanted to love it because I loved the original so much. Just and stick I know, with the script of doing like a magical wedding. Right. Thing. Don't try to make it something else. They made it too campy. Like the the dad is ridiculous. Sahil is ridiculous. And they didn't have people like that in the first movie. No. Just make it magical. That's yeah, what people like, want around Christmas time. Yeah. And I lost the magic. However, I know I'm in the minority feeling that it's not a good movie because a number of my friends have come forward and said... They like this one better than the first. Oh, wow. But I think if I were, like, eight years old, I'd also like this movie. You know? Like, it's, like, got an Air Buddy kind of feel to it. Jab at your friends? No, I love you guys. (laughs) I just, I felt, it felt like Princess Diaries, I guess. Where it's, like, targeted toward a younger group. And if you are feeling whimsical and young, it feels right. But it's not what I was looking for in The Second Christmas Prince, and that's my problem. Okay. It didn't follow the script. Every movie has its lesson. So what did this movie teach us about Christmas? Um, I said that star in the east might be Glockenspiel Enterprises. (laughs) (laughs) What did it teach you about Christmas, Elias? Don't re-gift the same gift, because the original Christmas Prince was good. Don't re-gift it to us in a different package. Yeah. Uh, So I think we're done. Yeah, this is a wrap. It has been a joyride this December to be with all of you and I hope to see more out of you in 2019. Absolutely. I hope we haven't turned you off with our negative opinions. No. 2019 is going to be great. I yeah. think Netflix is going to learn. Who knows what's going to happen in 2019 to inspire new movies. That's true. Who knows what the, the cryptocurrency is going to